I am joined by Garrett. Hey, everybody. And Eric. Hello, everybody. It's back. That was a good one. That was impressive. <laughs> I've missed the voice. Uh, <laughs> and uh, tonight we're hoping to, to record a, a, an informative and fun show for us. Um, and maybe a not so fun show if uh, you're one of the people who are of an opposite belief to what we have on this topic. Um, the topic came out of partially some things that we discussed in, I believe the EDC show and possibly the awareness and alertness show. Uh, and a question that uh, Christian asked on the group this morning. So you guys will not know when this is being recorded. Um, so Christian asked, what do we do with our firearms when we go to the beach? Um, do we keep them on us? Do we go to the beach and not swim? Um, and there seem to be a lot of answers sort of implying that you take your gun with you to the beach or you don't go to the beach. Um, and it looks like those are for a lot of people, sort of the, the options that they have in their mind. Um, I am of a different opinion. I know the T is of a different opinion. I suspect that Gaz is. I don't know if we've ever explicitly discussed this. Um, but what we're going to discuss tonight is one, the fact that you can make do without a firearm in the interest of living your life. Um, and the second thing, sort of tempering what you carry, not just in terms of firearms, but sort of related equipment too, to match your reality and not something that a lot of people make up in their minds um, where they have a need to be massively over-prepared for something that they are likely to, to need to deal with. Um, so T-Bag, would you like to lead us in on this one? Now that I've stopped rambling. On our, wrist, on our wrestling Jimmy show. Um, <laughs> I, I, and I think it's important bef before we start the discussion to, to preface a couple of things. We're not saying don't carry a gun. Um, in fact, uh, I've, I've quoted the late Pat Rogers very often on, on the expression of carry your fucking gun all the fucking time. Um, but, and we know generally with a but, it contradicts everything before the but. Th th there, are, there are unfortunately times in your life where you may not be able to carry a gun or you may not be able to carry as much gun or as much gear as your local SWAT team. Um, you know, it, it's the beach thing was an interesting thing. I, I don't swim in the sea because I'm scared of sharks um, and I'm not a great swimmer and it's kind of the world's toilet. Uh, but it's, you know, if, if, if you like, I, I have a, I have a lot of friends who are into diving and that sort of thing. And sometimes that means that you're going to do things where, where you can't have a blaster with you. And, and, and I think one of the biggest lessons a lot of gun guys need to learn is the gun is not what makes you armed or unarmed. Um, the guns are really useful tool and, 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 we carry guns because there's no other tool available to us as effective as a pistol um, that we can conceal and carry around with us. But it's not the thing that makes you armed. Um, it's, you know, you are, and it's a horrible fucking cliche, but it's true. You are the weapon. You, you, are, you are the thing that matters far more than the piece of gear you have with you. Um, and... Yeah, the, the discussions we saw were, were kind of interesting because there, there are a lot of the guys who do the, I won't go any, you know, I won't go anywhere without my gun. And I look at it personally, sort of 
pre the the Rona plague. Um, I've been fortunate to travel around a lot of the world, and and this may shock some people, but you can't take your carry gun with you when when you go to most of these places. Um, and I'm really glad I've gotten to do it. I've got some amazing experiences that if I was religious about the fact that I couldn't do anything that didn't require a gun, uh, I would never have gotten to do. Uh, so, you know, I think that's that's kind of the, the premise. And it's, as I say, it's not a case of saying, don't carry your gun, because if you can, yes, carry your gun. Uh, and and later, especially when we discuss this sort of realistic carry gear stuff, um, we, we're probably going to repeat that. Um, so sometimes it might be maybe all you can carry is your gun or all you can carry is your knife or your pepper spray or whatever. Uh, and maybe sometimes you're just, you're really going to have to go places where you can't do that. Uh, and that's part of life. Kone made a, an, an excellent point and I'm not going to steal his thunder, but he made a really good point before we were discussing this for at least 18 years of your life, you didn't have a gun um, and you somehow managed to get through. So, you know, don't don't miss out on on that once in a lifetime experience because there's a metal detector. Absolutely, <clears throat> it's a. I always find it interesting. Just to to start off from a from a place that sort of augments what I'm about to say. South Africa has always been, at least for as long as I've been around, a dangerous country. Um, it's probably more dangerous today than it was when I was growing up. But as places in the world go, South Africa has always been a country that is relatively dangerous. Um, and for most of us, we lived through the period of our lives where you were most likely to do really dumb shit that would get you into trouble. Um, as you grow older, for most people, maybe not everyone, but for most people, you're less likely to go to places where you're likely to get into trouble. You're less likely to go to places that you, you know are dangerous or that you perceive to be dangerous. Um, and you're less likely to, um, shall we say, start, start shit. Um, you're more likely to walk away um, or not enter that situation in the first place. So now that you've got some life experience behind you, you've learned some valuable skills and valuable lessons that help you survive better. Um, and now you are super dependent on always having a specific tool with you does not, it does not make sense to me. Um, now I, I am one of those dudes that, uh, if I can carry a gun, I will carry a gun a hundred percent of the time, but I'm also that dude that hates traveling, but occasionally goes overseas because there's cool shit to see. And the wife makes me go. Um, <laughs> and sometimes life happens. Um, if you're a business owner in South Africa, the chances that you've had to go to SARS personally is, is quite great. Um, if you sort of are slightly older and you are pre e-filing for tax returns, you've been to SARS in your life. Um, that's a place you can't carry a gun, which means most people who tell you that they won't go anywhere without a gun on them are lying or do not live in the same realities that most of us live in. Um, at some point in your life, you're going to have to go somewhere where you can't take a firearm, whether it's a voluntary thing where you're going to go do something that you enjoy, that's fun and that enhances your life, or whether you're going somewhere that's a chore and where you hate going, and that if you could, you would choose to not go, but you have to go anyway. Um, it's, that's just, it's life. Um, if you need to go to court, you can't take a firearm in with you. Um, 
And I'm sure that there are hundreds of other examples of places where you may need to go um, sort of against your will. And there are thousands of examples of places where you could potentially go to go and experience the awesome things life have to offer that you won't be able to do if you're of the opinion that you can't go if you can't take a firearm. Yeah, I agree. And if we look at it from this perspective as well, just from an entertainment perspective or a living perspective, and I'll go back to the beach, for example, if you're going to be doing something that's entertaining and you're going to be spending some time with your family, for example, actually taking the gun with you in certain environments is going to spoil that time that you might have with your family uh, because it's going to hinder you. So, for example, if you go to the beach and you take your firearm with you, you can't go swim in the sea with your kids or your wife or your girlfriend or boyfriend or et cetera. So, Keep that in mind as well, that you want to spend as much time cherishing those people and the time that you get to enjoy those different things. Huh. Yeah, I think, I think it's, you know, there's, I, I, I'm sure it's happened to a fair amount of us where we've needed to fly somewhere in the country for business for a day um, or two days. Uh, and it was a case of you needed to jump on an airplane like a Kalula or something that doesn't fly guns, that doesn't fly knives. You know, I've had it where you're flying without any check, check baggage. So there's, there's no weapons. Um, and it's something you have to do. You know, it's, you've got to go drop off a tender in Cape Town or, or you need to, you know, there's something you need to physically be there for. Uh, and yeah, you know, as, <laughs> when I was younger, I was, I was a, a lot more sort of, I, and, and I missed out on shit because I won't go there if I can't take my gun. Um, and, and sort of as I've, I've gotten old and broken, uh, it's, I, I'm not going to not take a gun if I can, um, but I'm, I'm also not going to not do, not do anything in my life uh, because I have to have a gun, three spare mags, you know, four knives and a hand grenade. Um, the other thing is there's times when you shouldn't have a gun. Uh, and I know, I know this is shock horror, but uh, sometimes people want to go out drinking um, and, it's not a great idea to go out and get snotted um, with your blaster. Uh, and to be honest, if you're going to go out drinking, it, it, besides the the responsibility and, and, and all of that, the gun's probably not going to be much use to you if you're drunk. Um, you're probably not going to be the, the gunfighter you like to think you are uh, on one of those nights where you wake up the next day and try and remember, um, you know, who paid the bill or, uh, you know, any of that sort of shit. Um, so, you know, I, I have some mates that, that sort of once a year we go out and we have quite a big night, you know, it's not, you know, we see each other all the time and, and, and you know, but once a night we go out and sort of for old time's sake, we, we, we drink a fair amount. And a night like that, I'll lock my gun in the safe, jump in an Uber and go do it. And yes, that could be the day that, the zombie apocalypse happens. Um, but it's also, you know, the zombie apocalypse apocalypse could happen while I'm in Austria. And same thing, I, I, can't, have a, I can't have a blaster with me. Um, and I think, I'm, I'm going to keep repeating this, we're not saying that you don't need to carry a gun. We're not saying carry your gun when you think you need to. This is more sort of the opposite of that, of saying there may be times where you may have to do things without a gun, uh, and related to that, maybe have some some options for those times. Maybe have some skills that'll that'll cover you when you can't be armed. Uh, you know, 
there are very, very, very few people, none of whom are probably listening to the show, who can carry a firearm on a commercial airliner. Um, so if you're going to fly commercially, that's going to be a time period that you're going to be unarmed for quite a long period from once you go through security to best case scenario, once you collect your gun on the other side. Um, it's not a bad idea to have some sort of skills that are going to cover you for that period if something were to happen, uh, if that makes sense. So no jokes. There are skills that should be prioritized above gun skills, which is going to be Lots of people are going to be like, is Cornet smoking crack? And the answer is potentially yes. Um, but there are skills that should be, <laughs> that should be prioritized above firearm skill. Um, I'm not specifically talking about open-handed skills and I'm not specifically talking about uh, edged weapon skills. Um, I think both of those are important. Um, mine are pretty shit at the moment. Um, my gun skill is pretty good, um, relatively speaking. But that's not the thing that, that I think most people should be spending a super amount of time on. You should be spending time, but not a super amount of time. I think most people could really benefit from learning to be alert and aware and learning some form of avoidance. That stuff is going to be great for you as someone who carries a firearm because it's going to allow you to avoid some situations that you probably don't want to find yourself in. And if by some chance you do find yourself in a bad situation um, and it's unavoidable, it'll allow you to bring to bear whatever tool you are carrying. Um, because the gun is no good if you never see the attack coming. If you, if you don't know you're in trouble, it's not going to do you any good. If you don't know you're in trouble until um, it is too late for you to bring the tool into, into the fight, the tool is of no use to you. Um, now that's not a, that's not a value judgment of people who have found themselves in that position. Shit happens and it happens to everyone and you can't always be alert. You can't always avoid and you can't always see the trouble coming. Okay, that, that, that's, that's life. But if you work on these skills and you learn some basics of alertness, awareness and avoidance and sort of that verbal jujitsu thing, um, you are less likely to get into trouble than someone that hasn't spent any time on that. Um, that's even more important for guys who, who carry tools that are considered lethal force. So firearms and knives, uh, as an example, because you are less likely to want to default to your most deadly tool. If you have some skills in talking yourself out of situations, seeing situations coming, and avoiding them where at all possible. Um, you're, you're less likely to need to go to that, that tool. Um, and that's something that, that people cannot take away from you. Like open-handed skills, you can go on a plane with those skills, you can take it literally anywhere you go, and it will apply literally anywhere you go in the world. Some places will require a little bit more sort of amped up alertness and awareness, and some, people's, uh, some places might allow you to be a little bit more relaxed, but that skill will be with you. Yeah, continually working on that skill is quite important. And I'll give you an example. Uh, uh, when I first started carrying, I was one of the guys who said, I'm not going anywhere that I can't carry my gun. Um, and I was fairly hard on it. That, that's the way it was. I wanted my gun with me 24-7. And eventually you sort of work it down and you're like, I'm missing out on certain things. I want to start experiencing these things and enjoying it with, with the other people and just the experience in general. 
Um, and on that specific thing, we were driving through to go enjoy this experience. And I'd left the gun at home and I actually realized that I was actually being more aware. I was being more alert. I was being more vigilant. And that's because I didn't have the gun on me. So I sort of, um, you've got to be aware of the fact that when you do have a gun on you or something considered lethal, that you might fall into the trap of being a little bit more complacent because you're like, it's okay. I've got a gun. It's fine. It's lethal force. Um, if I need it. So I learned a valuable lesson by doing that. And now I get to keep practicing that. Even now when I've got my gun on me, it's something that I got to learn through that experience. Yeah, and, that, and, and that's important. It's, it's not an easy skill to develop. Um, unfortunately, for some of these things, someone will need to point it out to you. Someone who's been there, seen some shit, uh, will, will sometimes need to point out some, some indicators that something's not quite right here. It would be best for us to avoid it. And they don't ever need to be able to, to put into words exactly why they thought things weren't right. Just the fact that they made you aware that something isn't right makes you pay attention to the whole situation and eventually you learn um, to spot things that are similar. Um, now, for me, the person that did that was my dad. Uh, he's highly vigilant. He's, he's super alert and he pays attention to everything that happens around it, like everything. Um, and he sort of over the course of my life, pointed out some stuff where he was like, I don't like this and that, that's wrong and we should avoid sort of this. Can't give exact examples. But over time that gets solidified and you, you learn from that. Now, if you don't have someone in your life that, that is like that um, or can help you with that sort of stuff, there is a lot and I'm going to send you to the internet and I know that's horrible. But there is some really good information out on the internet of things like pre-attack indicators. Um, and if you watch uh, Active Self-Protection, some of the items that he covers and some of the lessons uh, where things often don't go well for the people in the videos, um, he will point out some things that are worth observing and, and worth taking note of. Um, this, this ties in quite closely with with one of the sort of old rules up there with don't go to stupid places and do stupid things with stupid people. Um, and that's don't go somewhere with a gun you wouldn't go without a gun. Uh, you know, we, we're all very, very strong proponents of carry your gun whenever humanly possible. Um, you know, don't, don't let the topic of this show, to, you know, don't, don't misunderstand it into us saying, uh, you don't need to carry a gun or only carry it when you're expecting trouble. That, that's far from what we're saying. Um, carry your gun whenever it's humanly possible. Uh, but by the same token, take precaution as if you didn't have a gun. So if there's a, a particularly bad area you wouldn't drive through or there's a shortcut you wouldn't take or there's, there's a place you wouldn't stop to, you know, an ATM you wouldn't stop and draw cash from if you, if you were unarmed, don't do those things just because you've got all of the gun is to never actually have to, to use it, is to carry it around for 20, 40, 60, whatever years um, and, and never have to shoot it anywhere off a shooting range. So don't take, don't take unnecessary risks um, and, and take all those precautions as if you don't have the gun just with that additional safety margin and safety factor that, that is your blaster. Exactly. Um, I think just to... to pick up on that a little bit. Um, T mentioned earlier that uh, he fell into the trap of not going anywhere where he couldn't take a gun and missed out on some, some things. Gaz said, 
that he fell into the trap of always needing to have a gun on him and he missed out on some things. Um, and despite my, my opening to the show, um, I've missed out on some things because when I started carrying a gun, I refused to go anywhere I couldn't take a gun, even places I went to regularly before I started carrying a gun. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's, I still believe in the carry your gun a hundred percent of the time when it is feasible to do so. And sometimes we've got to prioritize living your life over carrying the tool sometimes. And I think that probably segues quite nicely into the sort of next thing we wanted to discuss. Um, and that's, and, and, and this, this is one of those things that, that sometimes gets a little bit forgotten on the internet. You carry a gun to support your life. You don't live to carry a gun. Uh, you carry a gun so that you can spend time with your family, spend time with your friends, do whatever it is that brings you joy. You know, if it's take your kids out or play with your dogs or whatever it is, you, you, you have a gun to enable you to continue doing that. Um, so don't stop doing all those things because you have, because you have to have all the gear. Um, it's not a motorbike. You don't necessarily need all the gear all the time. Um, and the internet is filled with EDC pocket dumps of things that no one fucking carries every day. I'm sorry. Uh, I keep seeing pictures of, of the gun and four spare mags and two med kits and three knives and two and a pepper spray and a pepper spray, um, you know, the, the antidote and 14 torches no you're 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 probably not carrying that all the time um and every time i say this there's always a whole lot of guys going oh no, 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 that's not me i i carry and yes maybe you are but do you really carry it all the time do you carry it when you run up to the shops to go buy bread and milk um do you carry it when you're taking your significant other out um for dinner or if you're going on a date with a stranger um and do you necessarily need to carry it all the time? Um, and that's going to sound shock horror from a bunch of gun guys, but there are, there are downsides to clanking around with a bat, a bat belt with 25 kgs worth of gear on it. Um, besides being a pain in the ass, um, you know, I, I, I look at some of the stuff and I go, what are you going to do if you get in a fight? Not a gunfight. What are you going to do if you get in something that's sort of hands-on um, and, and you've got so much gear you, you can't bend over and tie your shoes? Uh, and related to that as well, the more gear you're carrying, A, the more gear you have to conceal um, because I think if you've listened to the show before, you understand that all three of us are really big proponents of concealed means concealed. It means not the guy can work out that, you know, can can read the serial number of your gun through your extra medium T-shirt, or uh, you know, you've, you've kind of got it covered with a little bit of material. Um, concealed means that if someone walks past you, uh, unless they stare at you sort of longingly, they're not going to notice that you're armed. The more shit you have on you, the harder that becomes. Uh, and and sometimes, so to my mind, and and, and maybe you know, maybe maybe I'm well, I am stupid, but maybe I'm even stupider than I thought. I'm probably more likely 
to be to be in a better position if I have a gun and a spare mag thrown in a pocket that no one notices than be the dude where the the, the guys robbing where um, notice the three mags in my belt um, because their their interaction with me is going to be dramatically different if they know I'm armed as opposed to don't suspect I'm armed. Uh, so I, th- I think that's a uh, that's that's an important thing that doesn't always get uh, doesn't always get considered. Um, the other thing related to that is if you're carrying two guns and three knives, or, or whatever arbitrary number of things you have, that's that number of things to have to worry about if things go hands on. Uh, so while we know that, that that most shootings don't necessarily happen at um, sort of touching distance. Things happen, you know. We we could find ourselves in a situation that you know, dude robbing you at knife points is often going to get really, really close to you. Um, if you're getting into a tussle and he's finding finding those things on you, you've now got to try and retain them. Uh, and retaining two things is exponentially harder than retaining one. And retaining three is is another order order of magnitude harder still, if that makes sense. So, you know, like. Trying to keep keep the gun from going is challenging. Trying to keep the gun and the knife from going at the same time, substantially more than challenging. Trying to keep the gun and the other two knives all at the same time while the dude's fighting for them. Um, you've which is which is more likely that you're going to need to be able to stick your hand down your, your underpants and pull a knife out because that fourth knife was the thing that made the fight. Or when you're in that situation where the guy might be able to grab that thing off your belt. Only you can really answer that question for yourself. So one of my reality. One of my finest moments in terms of um, defensive knowledge was, I don't know, a couple of years ago in one of your uh, uh, one of your level twos, one of your concealment classes, T, um, where we were discussing the you can't once you've introduced something into a fight, you can never take it out. So once you introduce the gun, you can never take it back. Once you've introduced the knife, you can never take it back. It's in the fight now, uh, which is your point. Mine was that all fights are communism, and I'll explain that. Um, once you introduce your gun into the fight, it is no longer your gun. It is now our gun yeah. because we're fighting over it. Once you introduce a knife to the fight, it is not your knife. It is our knife because we're now fighting over it. It's communism. And in order to introduce a gun or a knife into a fight, you don't actually have to present it. I just have to see it. I have to feel it. I have to notice it. And now we're fighting over it. Like T says, if we're fighting over one thing, if we're fighting over the gun that I have in appendix, I can probably control that gun um, against a, an opponent that isn't either significantly bigger and stronger than me or isn't significantly more skilled at open hand sort of fighting. Um, I might have a different, a, a really difficult time if, if one of those two things are true. But for most people, I'm going to be able to control access to that gun, at least to some degree. When you have two, forget it. You're not going to fight me off of two guns on you. It's, it's just not feasible. Um, if you have four knives, one of those knives is going to get taken off you in, in, a, in, a, in a sort of bad breath distance fight. And again, you don't have to pull it out or to get introduced to the fight. The dude that's attacking you just needs to feel it, notice it, see it, 
um, by chance and it's now in the fight. Um, no, no. Another thing to look at with that as well to go on top of that corner is we've only got two hands realistically and that's what we're going to be able to use within our belt line where we're going to be carrying most of our stuff. You know, so you've already got one object that you need to try and stop. Never mind protecting what's on you. You've got one attack with you. You've only got two hands. The more you have on your belt line, you've already probably got one gun. You need to protect that and retain that within, within your control. The more objects that you have on you, the more thinly spread out you are. You know, we're talking about just objects on your belt. We haven't really even brought in that attack on you yet. You don't know what he's presenting to that fight, actually. Yeah. There's a whole, whole lot of different variables we can throw into that as well. Exactly. You know, the, the, the other thing with that is um, if, if you've ever done like sort of hard sort of um, force on force, like some of the, the, um, uh, the evolutions in, in Craig Douglas's ECQC, you'll be surprised how much shit ends up on the floor. Um, you know, guys, guys get into it and, and things come out of pockets and that. Uh, so there's that aspect. The other aspect, and this is related to something we've discussed before, um, and it's something that, that people sometimes get confused about. If I see a knife clip in your pocket, I don't immediately assume you have a gun. Um, but I do think it's more likely. Um, you know, so personally, if I see a knife clip in your pocket, I start playing, I start trying to play a spot the gun. Um, and if I'm doing it, there's a good chance criminals are doing it. If I spot a knife clip in each pocket, or if I spot multiple knife clips on you, well, <laughs> I'm either now sure of one of two things. You either have a gun or for some reason you probably can't have a gun. Uh, <laughs> but if, 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 if I see someone and you see the guys walking around and, and there's a, a gigantic big knife clip in, in each pocket, sometimes even in the back pocket as well. And I'm going to be honest, I, if, I, if I spot that, you, you, you've pegged my radar a whole lot more. Um, and you know the the, the more the, the, the more of that sort of gear you're carrying, the more unnatural your body movements might become. Uh, you know, you, you see these guys who are obviously moving to to keep a gun concealed or, or something like that. Those are all tells that could potentially increase the risk on you. Um, but based on the, if I'm hitting you because I want something, so if I'm going to hijack you and I I think there's a chance you've got a gun. I'm probably a lot more likely to shoot you straight out the bat uh, or at the very least come in much harder than I would if I just thought you were a suburban dad or a suburban mom. Um, and if, I'm, if, if you weren't the target of my attack but you were in the middle of it, uh, it, it may escalate my response to you, to you as well. So, so let's talk a little bit of uh, in the way of realistic – uh, expectations should you get into a confrontation. Um, I don't think that I've seen anyone um, on the courses that I've done, courses I've attended, uh, courses where I was involved in the instruction, where guys would be able to do multiple reloads from concealment um, realistically during a gunfight. Um, and I, I personally don't believe that the situation where sort of three 10 round mags equal to 15 round mags. Um, and with that said, I don't think there's a situation where 
um, sort of two 15 round mags equal for, for being silly because Glock makes some a 30 round mag. Um, reloads take time and for most people performing them under stress from concealment is a really difficult task. Um, so I get carrying a spare mag. I really do. I carry a spare mag. Um, I don't get carrying two spare mags. Um, now conceivably there are situations where that, that, that could assist, um, particularly if you are sort of military law enforcement security, uh, where you're more likely to have, um, someone else who's working in conjunction with you should something bad happen. So where you have essentially a teammate or a partner or a colleague who, uh, who, who is there and you're in a job or a role where you are more likely to encounter uh, criminal activity where you can't retreat and get the hell out of there. Um, for sort of everyday dudes like us, I can't see situations where carrying four spare mags uh, makes sense over carrying three spare mags. And I can't see where three spare mags make sense over carrying a single spare. Um, like I said, for most people, doing reloads under stress from concealment, really difficult job. Doing that mid-gun fight, basically impossible for most people. And super, 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 super unlikely, unless, like I said, your your security or your 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 law enforcement. Um, I carry a spare mag, and the reason for carrying a spare mag is not for during the gunfight. In in my opinion, and other people may completely differ on on what they believe in this. I carry a spare mag to top my gun up post event, so that I can holster a firearm that's ready to go. Sorry, can you hear me? Yep, we got you, T-Bag. Yeah, sorry, oh, I had to restart my interweb. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> yeah, it's very odd. That is very odd. Uh, anyway, sorry about okay. that. I restarted my machine. Hopefully, it's better. It seems my download speed is really fast. My upload speed is a fuck up. Uh, that's it's weird. That, that is the one that's... download and like half a meg upload. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, that's, that's suboptimal for this. Uh, yeah. Oti, I think the only thing that you missed uh, is when you dropped out. I picked up and, and started discussing the uh, the realistic expectations of what is possible when you get into some sort of altercation. Um, and I was specifically talking about carrying oh, okay. multiple spare mags. Where and I'll I'll repeat some of this because you didn't hear it. Um, I don't see the purpose of carrying more than one spare mag for pretty much everyone with with great exception being um, law enforcement and security where you're more likely to operate with a colleague or a buddy or a partner um, and you're less likely to be able to move away from danger. Um, there it makes sense to potentially have more mags. But for guys like us who conceal carry and it's essentially a tool to protect you and your family. Realistically, um, I can't I can't conceive of a reality where four spare mags are useful. Yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm struggling with this this reality of where you're going to get the opportunity to do those multiple mag changes. Um, 
I think it's a very good idea to carry a spare mag, primarily in case you have a malfunction or, or so that you can go home after the fight with a loaded gun. Um, but, you know, if, if we look at at sort of John Correa from Active Self-Protection, he, he's looked, I think he's over 10,000 shootings he's, he's examined now, and I think two or three civilian shootings involved any sort of reload. Um, and those, the reload didn't really play a part. Now, that's not to say it'll never happen, um, but I, I think there are bigger things to prioritize. Um, you know, if you're carrying four spare mags, but you don't have a light or you don't have a, any sort of med gear, maybe take one of the spare mags off and replace it with one of, you know, with, with something like that. Um, also, I, I think, and this is a discussion I actually had on, on the internet recently, I think people are trying to cover up, they, they're trying to replace skill with ammunition. Um, they're going, well, I need to, you know, I might need to give covering fire. As a civilian, I can think, I'm, I'm sure this situation exists because every situation possibly exists, but the situations where you could give covering fire and, and not be concerned about where those bullets are, are ending up is, is pretty unlikely. Um, and I think a lot of times people would be better served spending that, that, that time focusing on on maximizing what they have and 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 that's not to say if you need more than six you shouldn't have been there because that's bullshit um but what it is saying is the most important bullet on you is the first one um and after that the most important bullets on you are the ones in your gun uh because those are the ones you have the the, the most immediate access to and those are the ones that are the most likely to play a role so rather than firing rounds off willy-nilly uh we need to we need to spend that time training um you know not going to the range and and, and ballistically masturbating but actually f focusing the, the and, and and drilling the things that are likely to be important because i'm sure i've said on the show before and I've, I've, you know if 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 in two seconds you can draw and fire two rounds in the guy's chest and one in his head I tell you what, there are not a huge amount of situations where a follow-up is going to be necessary after that. Yes, there are situations where it, it, it is possible, but in a huge chunk of situations, that's going to solve it before you have to do your parachute landing fall behind the car wheel. Uh, but if we're just firing rounds off, well, A, those might end up in innocent people, and B, they're not doing anything to stop the bad guy. Uh, and yeah, as corn hit, Law enforcement have a different mission, and, and it's something that Daryl Bolke's um, mentioned a couple of times recently, and it's a really good point. As as a as a civilian, as as someone who's carrying a gun for self defence, as opposed to someone who's carrying a gun as part of of their job, um, that gun is to get you out of trouble. Um, policemen's guns are to, to go get them into trouble because it's their job to go um, close on on criminals. Uh, and you may find yourself in a situation where you don't have an exfil, but the whole point of your gun is not to go looking for trouble. It's to get you out of trouble. Uh, and that, I think, not considering that often leads to some interesting decisions. Yeah. Um, I would just like to jump in there with what Cornyn then said. I also carry a spare mag, um, basically as a top-up after a gunfight. 
And if we go back to what T was saying, if you pull your gun out and you squirt all the bullets out, if you have to do a reload mid-gunfight because you've squirted all the bullet out or whatever, you're now in dead time. If you haven't solved that situation, you're basically ineffective at that point in time. And then on top of that, trying to do that reload mid-gunfight is going to be nearly impossible for, for the vast majority of people. So if you go in and you are more better equipped to do it, you don't need three or four mags from my side. And if we go even further from that, when I first started carrying, I used to carry um, two spare mags, which only lasted a few months because of the discomfort of having to carry that much. And that's just two spare mags. So we also have to weigh up that, that reality of the chances are we're going to have to carry this a hell of a lot more than what we're going to need to use it. Hopefully that's, that's, ideal so the is it really worth the discomfort of carrying six spare mags um two torches and three knives along with your gun each and every single day is it worth that discomfort probably not for me it hasn't been yeah i'd like to hit something sorry teabag i'm gonna be done in a moment i'd like to hit something else there on 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 gaz saying that's just two spare mags um we need to remember that a spare mag is a spare mag um, as I said earlier, two Glock mags with 30 rounds in them. So if we take Glock 19 mags does not equal three nine mil 19, 11, 10 round mags. Um, they have the same added up capacity, but for the three mags, there's an extra realistically two and a half to three second reload to get the third mag in hmm. over the two Glock mags where most people are going to have a two and a half to three second reload. So you can't just say, well, I carry a, let's take something with, with super low capacity. So let's say you're carrying a, a Glock 43, seven round gun, right T? Six round Six reloads. One, yeah. So yeah. you can't say that I usually carry a Glock 19. So what I now need to do in order to equal my Glock 19 is I need to carry and my spare mag for my Glock. I now need to carry four spare mags, three spare mags and the mag and the gun for my 43 because that gives me the equivalent capacity. Well, yes, but you didn't account for the 12 seconds in reload that need to happen in there. When most gunfights, and again, outliers exist that, that are well beyond this and well sort of short of this, but the average gunfight doesn't get anywhere near 12 seconds. So where are you finding 12 seconds to do all those reloads? Like, and, and that's exactly it. I've, I've had, I, I remember having a discussion with someone once who was like, they carry a Smith & Wesson shield because it's convenient. It's a good little gun. It's a nice little single stack carry gun. Um, and they had, a, and they carried, I think it was three or four spare mags so that they could have the same capacity they would have had with a double stack and a spare mag. Like, we, where where do you foresee a realistic situation? Not 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 a movie gunfight. Not a you know this isn't bad boys for life. Don't watch that; it's a terrible movie. Um, this is you know. But wh- where are you foreseeing the situation where? And we're saying two and a half three seconds. Realistically, from concealment with a little gun like that, if you're reloading under four seconds in a fight, you're probably doing pretty well. Um, you know, it's one thing to do that two-second reload while you're running your fast draw when everything's set up. It's another thing when it's a surprise reload and you're trying to get that mag in there. But 
So there's these huge chunks of time. Also, what are you doing with the bullets in the gun? Um, and, and I know that sounds like we're making light of the fact, and yes, no one has a 100% hit ratio, but your training should be focused on getting your hit ratio as close to 100% as possible um, and not trying to, to cover up that by I'll, I'll shove another mag in there. Um, you know, it's we, – we've also got to look at the situation that, you know, I, I had someone throw the example the other day of, no, no, if I'm in a shopping mall and there's 15 armed robbers robbing the place and I choose to engage them, and I'm thinking, well, I can't think of a huge amount of times when I would get in a 15 on, on one fight. Uh, but, you know, things happen. But without sounding fatalistic, if if those 15 dudes are all trying to shoot you at the same time, the amount of mags in your belt are probably not going to have any material change on the outcome of that fight. Uh, it's, it's also, and I'm sure I've said this on the show before, it's, it's, I want to spend 95% of my training time dealing with problems that happen 95% of the time. I don't want to spend 95% of my training time or 80% of my training time dealing with outliers that happen 5% of the time and, and, and having a weaker skill set on, on the things that are, are, are likely to be necessary. Uh, you know, what mechanical skills do we know we're going to need if we get into a fight? Are we going to need to be able to access the gun? Are we need to, we're going to need to be able to, to put bullets into relatively challenging targets, you know, sort of, grapefruit-sized targets. Um, so if those are, if, if those are the, the most likely skills I'm going to need in a gunfight, as opposed to in life, but in an actual fight, shouldn't I be focusing the bigger chunk of my time on those? Because the better I am at that, the less likely I'm going to need to do the other stuff. Yeah. And that's where, yeah, the bigger gun makes that easier. A gun with more bullets in it gives you, you know, as Paul Gomez famously said, ammo in the gun is time and fight. Uh, no one's arguing with that. Um, but I think that, you know, if, if, you, if you're truly worried about having lots of beans, um, having lots of beans, then rather than carrying a shield and four spare mags or a Glock 43 and four spare mags, maybe you should be carrying a bigger gun uh, if, 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 if your reality dictates that, that necessity. Um, and if your reality is, is the opposite, if, you, if you're working in, or you're spending time in, in, in the sort of environment where you need to be carrying a really, really small gun um, because the consequences of getting caught with a gun are quite severe, uh, then the, the, the risk of getting made because you had four spare mags is, is a far more real risk than, than the risk of, of running out of bullets in a gunfight. Um, I've possibly made the point on the show before, and I know I've made the point on the internet, I've made the point in discussions. Guys like to bring up the, in, in South Africa, we, we have an issue with, uh, with with rural violence, violence on farms, farm attacks, um, and, and guys bring that up and, and, and how farmers need a, a greater level of firepower and all of that. And and in a lot of the discussions I've had with farmers, a lot of them would, would, and this is going to sound like blasphemy, be better off with a 38 snub in the front pocket of their shorts than that 20-shot service pistol that lives in the safe. Because while the 20-shot service pistol is much better in a fight, they're not carrying it. And I've had guys say to me, 
I can't carry this thing while I'm doing my job. You know, my, my, as a farmer, his job is to farm. It's not to carry a gun. Um, and then he gets told, no, you have to have this, this, you, you know, if, if you're not carrying a 20 shot pistol with three spare mags, you're not prepared. So that turns into, well, if I can't carry that, I might as well carry nothing. And, and, and that is, that is a very, very dangerous sort of black and white situation that I think gets, I think a lot more people get in trouble because of that. A lot more people lose fights because they had nothing with them than lose fights because they didn't have enough bullets. Um, don't get me wrong, more bullets gooder. Uh, you know, if, if you get in a fight, no gun is too big and holds too many bullets. Uh, but the difference between a 38 snub in your pocket and no gun is about a million times more than the difference between a 38 Special and a Glock 17 or a CZP09. Yeah. And just to sort of add in on that one, um, T, do you care what I carry? I don't give a fuck. Gaz, do you care what I carry? No, not really. So why do we, you guys are, are really great mates um, and you, you, you probably have more reason to care about what I carry than the internet at large does. So why do people put so much uh, stock into what people on the internet think you should carry and what people on the internet think is not sufficient in terms of sort of tooling yourself up for potential issues. Uh, when your closest mates don't give a fuck about what you carry, provided that you can shoot it well enough and it works. I mean, beyond that, we don't really care what the other carries. Um, I mean, I like to make fun of you, but... <laughs> yeah, and, uh, to elaborate on that, I think that we might be, I, I, from my perspective, I might be sitting in a position now where I don't really worry or care about what you carry because it works and you can use it. I think it might have been a different answer if you were trying to carry something that didn't work and that you weren't capable of using effectively, if you know what I mean. Yeah, that's what I said. So beyond the, the you can shoot it reasonably and it works, and I don't mean that in the sense of it works for you. I mean it in the sense of it functions. It functions, um, yeah. I mean, the, those are important things to care about for your mates. But yeah. having the internet tell me, and I get this a fair bit, but having the internet tell me that uh, I am going to get killed because I carry a 1911 that will never work. And then I go to training courses with dudes running other guns, which shall not be named. And my guns run flawlessly and I shoot them better um, because they're looked after and they're lubed. <laughs> so... Uh, shock horror. 1911s that work. Oh, Impossible. <laughs> you know, you know, like, I, I'm quite happy to give people advice. You know, if, if, if someone wants advice on, on, you know, what to carry, I'm, I'm quite happy to give them advice on what to carry. I, I think the more, the more useful thing though, is to give them advice on, on how, how the thought process should be rather than just shouting Glock 19. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, take, taking a, a systematic approach and, and, and I think we, you know, we, it, it behooves us to, to, to help people if we can, if, if, if they, if they're looking for help of, of, you know, helping them work through choosing the right option for them as opposed to the right option for me. Uh, and I think that's, 
that's probably part of, of, of the human condition, but, but we all, you know, we, 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 we all want people to carry what we like, um, and, and drive what we like and, and, and do things that we like. And, and that's not, that doesn't always serve them well. Uh, you know, um, I think it was Tamara Keel who first made, made the observation, and it's, it's, it's a brilliant one, that if you carry more than me, you're a paranoid prepper, and if you carry le- less than me, you're getting kilts on the streets. Um, and I think that's, that's unfortunately something that, that affects us. You know, uh, like, yes, arguing with people on the internet is fun. Um, I think that's why the internet exists, that and pictures of cats are poor. But it's, it, it's we, we, let me try that again in English. Um, it's far more useful to give people why as opposed to what. And it's far more people use, you know, the old thing about, you know, give a man a fish and, and, and you'll feed him for a day, teach him to fish, you'll feed him for his life. Um, if, if we can help people work through that and, and look at it realistically and go, well, you know, I work in a bottle store in the inner city. Um, my risk is really great. You know, I, I can I can dress like X, I can do like this. M- maybe the right gun for me to carry is that CZPO9 or, or that Glock 17 or whatever gigantic service pistol because that's my realistic risk as opposed to, you know, I'm I'm a nurse working in, you know, in a hospital or where I can't really carry a gun, but maybe I decide to be naughty and do that or, or you know, I... I work in a business environment, um, you know, or, you know, whatever. Um, if, if we can at least give people the, the tools to make decisions for themselves, um, I think that's, that's a, a, a more useful thing than going, uh, you, need, you need a Glock 19 and an RMR and an X300 and four spare mags. Each of them must have an MBX mag extension and, and, and. Yeah, exactly. Sure. And and obviously that pistol needs a budget orientated light that lasts three to four rounds if you ever fire the gun with that thing on it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> three to four rounds. Nice, eh? nice flex. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a flex. I didn't mention uh, Surefire once. <laughs> <laughs> surefire is the one that will live by the way in case that wasn't clear just in case someone thinks the- <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those interesting things with people that that how how people lie on the internet and i think a lot of times it's it's not deliberate it's not it's not that they're going out and they're and they're deliberately being dishonest so lie is possibly a strong word it's kind of like you know Perfectly honest people think think that it's not theft to steal a lighter or a pen. Um, but the amount of guys who, whenever there's one of those EDC pocket dump discussions, they swear blind they carry all this shit. Um, and if you bump into the dude during the week, it's surprising how often he isn't carrying any of it. Uh, or he's definitely carrying a lot less because there's no way you can fit all that gear under what homeboy is wearing, um, or and, you know, it, it, it's generally men who who kind of like to to flex about how much gear they they carry. Yeah, and and just to I 
agree that it's probably not generally meant to be malicious. I don't think the guys are lying intentionally to mislead mm. other people into trying to get them to do that same thing. I think a lot of people, some people embellish a bit on the internet, but I think a lot of people have truly have the intent of carrying all that shit because they see value in it and they believe it would be useful regardless of whether it would or not, but they believe it would be. Um, but then rapidly figure out that um, <laughs> it's not sustainable. It's not comfortable. Um, it's, it's not a great idea to carry all that stuff every single day, everywhere you go. And over time they scale back in what they actually carry, but they never really revisit that mental picture that they built at the beginning of what is truly necessary and what you truly carry. Yeah. yeah. And I think some of it's also got to do with like current circumstances. You know, so if we revert back to when I was carrying two spare mags, if I popped onto some forum or on Facebook or whatever, and I decided I was going to comment on a post at that time in my current circumstances, I would be carrying two spare mags. Little did I know that, for example, in a month, I might not be carrying any spare mags because of the discomfort. Maybe I'm carrying one spare mag, you know. I think some of it's got to do with um, current circumstances, but obviously there's lines to everything. Mm. I, I think there's also a fair degree of, um, of sort of a close relative of 1911 shooter amnesia happening. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Fuck off. Uh, <laughs> where the... The guys just, yeah, they, they kind of, this is what I think of as my EDC. Uh, and and the, the, as I say, it's that sort of amnesia of, yeah, but I, I, I normally carry that, meaning that on a Sunday when I'm going to go see my friends, I carry all of that. Uh, but the rest of the time, I don't. Um, and you know what? If you can carry all of that, more power to you. I am too fat and too lazy to want to carry around that much of a bat belt. Yeah. I'm, I'm also too susceptible to back pain, um, to, to be, to be willing to do it. Um, even if I could, um, which theoretically, I mean, I probably could carry more shit than you and Gaz combined. Um, mostly because I never leave the house mm. realistically for, for work. Um, so I could carry, I could start posting on the internet that I EDC an M2SP with a 12 round tube on it and a dot. Uh, and I wouldn't be lying if I bothered to take it out safe. Um, <laughs> but when you hear people say things that at face value sound, I don't want to say ridiculous, even though that example is, if at face value, it seems unlikely that someone is doing that, um, you need to think to yourself and, and, and evaluate the information that you're, that they're giving you on, are they actually doing that realistically in your head, not in their head, in your head. And if they are, so let's pretend for a moment, they are carrying all that stuff. How different is their actual reality that they're living in to yours? So not the necessity for all that stuff, but the ability to have all that stuff is going to differ greatly based on what people do for a living and where they do that thing they do for a living. Yep. I do it from upstairs of my house. So, so my reality is vastly different to Gaz's who needs to go and see clients um, all over. And Gaz's reality is quite a bit different to T's reality where he also needs to see clients all over, but at least his clients expect them to be carrying a gun. Yeah, I mean, 
that that's the thing, you know, it's like people forget that as well. And it's it's the the classic case of the guy in the gun shop telling you that, that this is the gun to carry because he open carries in a gun shop. Um it it's a really good point, dude. It's it and it's I think probably the the one the one thing that people need to kind of look at is prepare for your reality. Um if if your reality is that you're 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 fucking driving around Hillbrow at three o'clock in the morning for for any sort of not nefarious reason, um, then maybe you should put up with a bit more discomfort and dress around a bigger gun and and and, and more gear. Uh, but if your reality is is that you you're working in an office environment where you can't carry a gun, well maybe you shouldn't risk getting getting fired because you. you couldn't resist having, you know, soft body armor and and an assault rifle in your uh, laptop bag. Cool as that sounds. And it's kind of cool. It's probably a bad idea to do that. <laughs> you need that DD, dude. Oh, yeah. uh, that, those DDs are sold out. Um, right. And to, to make it worse, okay, while he's telling me that, that there are no more, they're all sold, he has one up on the display. Now, that one has been sold. Um. <laughs> But I can see it, and I'm like, "Yeah, there's still one up in the display. Are you sure that they're sold out?" He's like, "Yeah, no, we're 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 sure, sure. <laughs> they're all sold." Yeah. <laughs> that is a cool little gun. Yeah, yeah, no, that is that a is sweet me. little stick. Um, I I did hear, and I'll, I'll we'll we'll discuss it further on the uh, on our little group. Uh, but I did hear that there is another retailer who is bringing in another batch of those. Uh, I think I might know who that is. Oh, I think lots of people probably know who that is, but I don't want to, uh, I don't want to put the information out there just in case they bring one in and I could get one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want them to sell out before I can get there. After <laughs> 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 that, we'll see. Yeah, after that we'll 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 do all the uh, sort of advertising that they need. <laughs> Once we've got from you what we need, then we'll help you dispose of what we don't need. <laughs> Excellent. There we go. Well, I think it might be time for our uh, loving thank you. So, as always, when we get to the end of the show, I like to thank oh, everybody shit, for their support and. Um, listening to the show and asking questions. We really do appreciate your feedback. And if you have any questions, pop them through. Um, otherwise, we would really appreciate a minimum of five stars as per usual. Thank you very much to all of those who have done it. Um, and until next time, we'll see you soon. Or maybe you'll hear us soon. Later, losers. <laughs>